It's time for our book report. It's book report time. What time is it? Book report time. It's time for Dave Ramsey and the Total Money Makeover. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. It's time for our book report, and this week we'll be talking about The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. I'm feeling less disciplined these days, Peg. I gotta be honest. I don't know if I can live up to that. (laughs) That's me, Jenny Kaus, marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I'm doing my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and I'm holding her accountable to habit changes that she's undertaking one month at a time. I'm playing along too and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, consistent, happier, healthier, more productive and just overall your own best self. You've heard us say it over the last couple of weeks. The challenge for this month is to track your expenses in whichever way you prefer as a way to get more intentional about your spending. This means keeping track of where all your money is going. You can keep track of how you're spending your money with an app or by using good old fashioned paper and pen. Jenny and I are using an app called Mint, which links up to your bank accounts and tracks where your money is going. We have been committed to recording our transactions each day and reviewing our spending. We've been checking in as accountability buddies to see how our focus on finances is going. So to help us focus on our finances and get a better idea about personal financial management, we have been reading The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. So here's the description of what The Total Money Makeover is all about. The Total Money Makeover is Dave's all-time best-selling book. It has helped millions of families get rid of debt and change their lives forever with its simple, practical seven-step plan. How does it work? by getting to the heart of your money problems, you. That's right. Dave condenses his 20 years of financial teaching and counseling into seven organized, easy to follow steps that will lead you out of debt and into a total money makeover. Plus you'll read over 50 real life stories from people just like you who have followed these principles and are now winning with their money. It is a plan designed for everyone, regardless of income or age. With the Total Money Makeover, you will be able to design a surefire plan for paying off all debt, recognize the 10 most dangerous money myths, secure a healthy emergency fund and save for retirement, and positively change your life and your family tree. So we mentioned that it's got seven steps, but the book is divided into 13 chapters to help guide you through Dave Ramsey's process. So um, the first chapter is the Total Money Makeover Challenge. Dave introduces the concept of the Total Money Makeover and challenges the readers to take a good, honest look at themselves and how they are using money. In his words, the plan isn't theory. It works every single time. It works because it's simple. It works because it gets to the heart of your money problems, you. It is based on a series of prices that must be paid to win. The roadmap is simple, but not easy. He describes financial success as 80% behavior and 20% knowledge and explains that most of us know what to do. We just don't do it. And that frankly, it is hard. His motto is, if you will live like no one else later, you can live like no one else. So the second uh, part is denial. So he walks through this denial and the denial is, I'm not that out of shape. 
In this chapter, Dave compares financial wellness to physical fitness. He shares the quote from his father that 90% of solving a problem is just realizing that there is one and that the first step to getting financially healthy is stepping out of denial and getting honest with yourself about the current state of your finances. Many people think that they're fine, but they don't have a clear picture of their true financial health. I think this was uh, the case for John and I, for sure. And I've talked before in this month about how I like to put my head in the sand. So I didn't even really know what our situation was. And I was in denial about it until we read this book and got real about it. So that definitely resonates for me. Cool. All right. Third chapter is called Debt Myths. Debt is not a tool. Debt is a means to obtain the I want it before we can afford them. Debt has been sold to us much like any other product with a promise. Much like we are told a car will make us cooler, a perfume will make us sexier, we have been told that debt is normal. We accept it as a reality and a way to get anything. We are convinced by banks that a home comes with a mortgage, an education comes with student debt, a car comes with a car loan. We are told that these things that we are told we must have all come before we can technically afford them, and financing them is just a part of this reality. We do things not because they are right, but because we see everyone else doing it. It has become normalized in our culture, and we don't even question it. The myth that we have been sold is that debt is a tool. It is a way to build wealth, and that is part of the reality of having the life you want. The biggest faux pas that Dave Ramsey talks about in this chapter is buying a brand new car. He says the average millionaire drives a two-year-old car with no payments. The average millionaire is unwilling to take the loss that a new car dishes out because cars lose the majority of their value within the first four years. For a new $28,000 vehicle, that means you're losing $100 of value per month. His ultimate message in this chapter is that banks are the only ones that get rich off of debt and your income is your largest wealth building asset. And I think that that's such an interesting concept. And I think a lot of, you know, it's, it's so common in our culture. And I don't know if you've heard this term a lot, but I've certainly heard this, like people say, oh, well, that's good debt. You know, when you talk about education or a mortgage, it's like, well, that's not bad debt. That's good debt. And it's like, you really have to question where, where those things are coming from. And yes, they are things that will help you down the line, but we really need to think about who that debt is benefiting. Right. And one of the coolest things that I really like about uh, listening, listening to Dave's voice in this book is that he's very harsh on this subject, like very Mm -hmm. aggressively talks about sort of the opposite of what we've been led to believe. And when you read it so plainly on the page, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's kind Mm -hmm. of neat to be given another message other than one that we've been hearing our whole lives from everyone around us and from advertisements and the bank and, and everyone really. Yeah. And I think we live in, and this is kind of an aside, but we are so used to not um, delaying gratification when it comes to the things we want. Yeah, absolutely. I think that maybe even more so now in in sort of 2019 versus a generation ago. For sure. All right. So next up, uh, number four here is money myths the non-secrets of the rich. In this chapter, Dave explains some of the myths and truths that go along with money and what the wealthy understand. So there is a ton of these, but what we've done is looked at kind of, I'd say the top five, I think we've picked out of the ones that really kind of resonated with us. Um, So the myth was, everything will be fine when I retire. I know I'm not saving yet, but it'll be okay. And the truth, according to Dave, is the cavalry isn't coming. 
So you need to take this into your own hands. The next myth was playing the lottery and other forms of gambling will make you rich. Truth, the lottery is a tax on the poor and on people who can't do math. As someone who's not great at math, I take slight offense to that, but moving (laughs) on. Myth, I don't have time to work on a budget, retirement plan, or estate plan. Truth, you don't have time not to. That one definitely uh, resonates with me, and I I think I've learned a lot in doing the budget and kind of getting more serious about planning retirement, so I think that that's a very true one. Myth, I can't use cash because it is dangerous. I might get robbed. Truth, you are being robbed every day by not using the power of cash. Myth, I can't afford insurance. Truth, some insurance you can't afford to be without. And I think a lot of us have heard truly, truly awful stories about things that have happened to people who didn't have insurance and uh, it can be quite sobering. And this goes along with the next myth and the last one that we'll talk about, which is the myth is if I do a will, I might die. Truth, you're going to die. So do it with a will. So I think those last two are pretty serious and a little bit harsh, but for good reason. Yeah. And it's like hard truths, but they're exactly right. So Mm -hmm. I like it. Dave's telling the truth. Yep. All right, two more hurdles. This is chapter five. Uh, Ignorance and keeping up with the Joneses. The first theme that Dave focuses on in this chapter is that of ignorance. We cannot help that none of us are born good with money. This is something that we must learn. It is so important to take your financial literacy into your own hands and get serious about making sure that you know how to care for your financial well-being. The next thing that Dave focuses on in this chapter is keeping up with the Joneses and the inevitability of jealousy. A great quote comes to mind. Comparison is the thief of joy. When we are looking at others and experiencing jealousy, it robs us of the appreciation of what we have. An added consideration is that the Joneses might not be what they appear. Their big house, nice clothes, fancy new cars could likely mean that they are in some serious debt. What can appear to be vast material success often means the exact opposite. Instead of proving that they are wealthy, it can instead prove how far they are in debt. Be careful of the green-eyed monster and how it guides your decisions. So, chapter six, save $1,000 fast. Walk before you run. This is the first challenge that Dave issues to his readers now that they have gained an understanding of some of the underlying psychology behind their financial decisions. The $1,000 savings goal is a starter emergency fund. This exercise helps build the muscle of saving and starts to shape your new habits around money. And the intention is to take it in baby steps, not everything at once. Dave encourages readers to make a budget in order to manage your money and uses the analogy of a blueprint to build a house to compare a budget to allocate your financial resources. There is power in putting your plans down on paper and it has been proven to give far better results. He encourages you to budget to zero, giving every single dollar a job. He also stresses the importance of getting on the same page and an agreement with your spouse when it comes to your budget. Once this budget is established, it is time to allocate funds towards setting up a $1,000 emergency fund. This money is for true emergencies, not vacations, not Christmas. It is for things like an unexpected car repair, a job layoff, things like that. Dave recommends that you do whatever you need to do to get this $1,000 set aside, working extra, 
doing whatever it takes. Hide this money so that you won't be tempted to spend it on non-emergencies. There are great ideas of ways to hide this money so that it will be inconvenient to get to, but it will be there if you need it. And he says this can literally mean having it hidden in your house or just put into an account that is accessible to you, but not too accessible to you. All right. Uh, Chapter seven is the debt snowball. Uh, Lose weight fast, really. If you don't have payments or debts, like car payments, student loans, credit cards, or even a mortgage every month, you could become wealthy very quickly. This feels like a very far away place for many, many people. And many people feel like they, if they could get out of debt, they could get ahead. Dave continually says that if you're willing to live like no one else, later on, you can live like no one else. He says that this one is the toughest of all the baby steps to the total money makeover. This step requires the most effort, the most sacrifice, and where many people may make fun of you. Dave says that personal finance is 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. The debt snowball is designed the way it is because we are more concerned with modifying behavior than correct mathematics, which we'll get into in a second. So here's what you do. You list all of your debts in order of smallest payoff balance to largest. For this exercise, the interest percentage doesn't matter. List all of your debts in this except for mortgage. So that could be something like you owe $100 to your mom for something, or you have to pay off a small balance on a credit card, or any debt that you have. And then it could go all the way up to having huge debts for student loans or lines of credit or whatever they might be. So the reason for the smallest to the largest is to have some quick wins. So this is our behavior modification over the math. So after you've listed all your debts from smallest to largest, pay the minimum payment to stay current on all of the debts except for the smallest. Every dollar you can find from anywhere in your budget goes toward the smallest debt until it is paid. Once the smallest is paid, the payment from that debt plus any extra found money is then added to the next smallest debt. When debt two is paid off, move on to the next one, and so on. And this creates that debt snowball. And once you keep doing this, that snowball rolls over all your debt and you've paid it off. So there's cool software on Dave's website that you can use to like put, like plug your debts into, and then it'll show you how long it will, based on your budget, it'll show you how long it will take to pay off your debt using this method. And it's kind of neat to, it's kind of neat to see it visually. Wow. That's very cool. I love that. Great analogy too. Number eight is finish the emergency fund. Kick Murphy out. And here he's talking about Murphy's Law. So fully funded emergency funds should cover three to six months months of expenses. So, And this is something that when you read different um, personal finance authors, everybody's kind of got a bit of a different idea of what it should be. Um, but I think, I think his theory here is sound. So he says, calculate what it would cost you to live for three to six months if you lost your source of income. This will usually range from about $5,000 to $25,000. Dave states that according to Money Magazine, 78% of us will have a major unexpected event within the next 10 years. He also explains that calculating how much to save is based on how much risk you are exposed to. So that's, you know, how stable your job is. And and I read some of the things he says about this, you know, looking at maybe the industry that you work in, whether you have a government job versus, you know, maybe a high performing kind of sales job where things are maybe more volatile. You look at that and that kind of helps to calculate your risk and how long you would likely to be without income. And that will help you form uh, your 
emergency fund. So that'll help you come up with that number. Because it is a bit of a sliding scale. It's not a defined thing. It's based on what your expenses are and what your exposure to risk is. And then doesn't he also say that this fund needs to be put somewhere that can be pretty liquid pretty fast in case you need it, right? Absolutely. All right. Chapter nine is maximize retirement investing, be financially healthy for life. Invest 15% of your income in retirement. This doesn't include company matching. Dave recommends investing in mutual funds. He also talks about some specifically American investing information, including Roth IRA. So this is when it starts to get into things that are going to be a little bit more complicated, especially if you're at the beginning of the baby steps. This is mm-hmm. something that you sort of can wait until you're there and revisit this chapter. Yeah, I think. And I think too, you know, this is quite, um, this, this is more American, but there are certainly many, many Canadian resources, um, that you can look into on this. But I think, I think that is very sound. The invest 15%. I love it when someone just gives a straightforward number like that, because that's easy for me to get my head around. And I even went and made some adjustments in what I'm doing after reading that. So that was a good one. So number 10, college funding. Make sure the kids are fit too. Save for your children's education. If you don't have children or your kids are older now, you can skip this step. This section also details some very U.S.-specific savings methods, but the main point is to automate savings toward toward your children's education and leverage matching programs from the government. Be sure that you research the types of investments, such as RESPs here in Canada, and be sure that you know the parameters around cashing this money out because there are different types. This is just me talking from, I remember going through this um, with, you know, what you want to be able to do with that money, whether you could split it between your kids, that sort of thing. There's lots of different options out there. So don't just get the first thing offered to you. Look into it. Um, Dave even recommends alternate methods for education, such as the military, scholarships, and high-paying summer jobs. If you are close to needing this money, he gives some um, alternate methods to, to, uh, to find ways to get the money for these things. If you're close and you don't have the money saved up. All right. Chapter 11 is pay off the home mortgage. Be ultra fit. Having a home mortgage is something that we are told is normal, good debt. However, having a mortgage means that you are paying more interest than you need to. And that money could be working for you instead. There are a lot of opinions out there about different ways to leverage your money. And many people make the case for not paying off a mortgage. But Dave really drives home the point that it makes more sense to get your home paid off and then start to invest more heavily. So I think this is something that can be difficult, especially in this crazy real estate market. But but Dave very specifically says that most people, in his opinion, shouldn't get a mortgage for longer than 15 years and um, be able to make payments on a mortgage that is amortized over 15 years. So that's his opinion. And you can sort of take it or leave it. But um, to paying off your home mortgage, I think probably would be pretty fantastic if you, could, if you could do it sooner rather than later. Absolutely. It's a good one to tackle. And the um, our other online pretend best friends, the minimalists, talk about this as well um, and say, you know, they have some pretty clear rules on um, when they would get a mortgage and when they wouldn't. They both have pretty strong feelings about the length of a mortgage. I feel like they said they would not get a mortgage that would last any longer than five years. Oh, wow. Um, and they would save up to have the money and uh, to, you know, put a significant amount down 
as well on a house. So they have some pretty strong feelings and they are very big followers of Dave Ramsey as well. Okay. So I think, which stands to reason when you hear his kind of take on this. So, so step 12 or chapter 12 is build wealth like crazy. Arnold's, Oh my gosh, this is going to be difficult to say. Arnold Schwarzendahler, Mr. Universe of Money. So in this chapter, he talks about now's the time to get really focused on building wealth. And it's focused a lot on investing and how to really ramp up your investing and your returns and uh, and start progressing towards um, basically having financial independence. And then 13 is live like no one else. So as he said, and we've mentioned a couple of times, uh, he says, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a really interesting concept um, because I think if you're following these steps, you are going against culture. You are being countercultural and you're going to feel it. And I think that this is a really cool thing to keep in mind in those times when you are doing things and you feel different than other people is to keep in mind that, yeah, you're doing something different because you don't want to be in the same position as other people. So maybe being different isn't such a bad thing. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I think it's cool. And, you know, you think about the future implications of that and, you know, maybe you could retire earlier. Maybe, you know, there's all of these other things that you could do by really kind of swimming against the stream and doing things a different way. Awesome. So I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a really good book. I hope that other people will get a a chance to read it. I did return it to the library. So if you're interested in reading it, it is at the St. Thomas Public Library. Um, it, It is a really good book and I enjoyed it. What did you think about it? What was your kind of takeaway well, it was neat to revisit it because I mentioned on a previous episode that John and I read this book probably five or six mm-hmm. years ago. And when we first read this book, our finances were a mess. I had huge student debt. And between us, we also had a lot of consumer line of credit and credit card debt. And we were really barely holding it together. But, but from the outside, that's probably not what it looked like to people. So I think that mm-hmm. that's a, an important piece, especially when you read that chapter about keeping up the Joneses and like what you see is not necessarily what's going on for people. So we yeah. really needed to do something about it. And that's when this book sort of showed up for us. So we did the right from the baby steps. We put $1,000 in a jar and I hit it. And then we, <laughs> oh then we started our debt okay. snowball. <laughs> and um, we were pretty focused and we started really making a big dent in the debt. And it was cool because I love the visual of like knowing, okay, in this amount of time, it's going to be paid off. Um, and that's then about, about a year after we started doing it and we were pretty consistent with what we were doing and pretty focused. And I really feel like there's something, it sounds a bit woohoo, but I feel like the energy that we finally took to put into this process helped this to come to fruition. Um, I had a rental property that was a house I used to live in. And then John and I moved in together and then I kept it and rented it and it wasn't paying me, but it was paying for itself. And then the real estate market kind of exploded and we were able to sell it. And in the sale, we paid off all the debt in one day. Gosh, and it was how great as that. It was like the greatest day of all time. It was so fantastic. So um, that was it was it was like the feeling of like, it's hard to describe. Uh, but I like when you said that I like had chills. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine how great that must have felt. It was fantastic. The part about it that makes me feel hesitant to really celebrate is 
we didn't necessarily do the hard work that it would have taken for more years to really and I, and, you know, I, I don't regret it. And I think it's amazing that that yeah. happened that way. But the people and you read all these stories of the people that have that follow Dave Ramsey and that have done his steps, and they'll work so hard with such dedication for three, four, five, six, seven years to pay off their debt. And they are focused the whole time and they get her done. And it's amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm still very inspired by all of their stories. I'm glad it worked out the way it did for us. So now we're working on the next steps, which are um, like we're mostly okay with an emergency fund at this point. We're working on paying yeah. down our mortgage and going on to the next step. So um, nice. it feels good to be in this place versus where we were when we were barely holding it together only five or six years ago. So uh, there's something amazing about doing these steps, like really kind of taking a real look at at what's going on with your finances. Because you might think to yourself, oh, it's going to be okay. And that's kind of what my vibe was. I just thought, oh, it'll yeah. all work out. And uh, until we actually looked at it and got real about it and did the work, we would have yeah. just been floundering probably for a really long time. So I recommend this book for that reason. And that's, I think, probably fairly fairly cool that that's my main takeaway was that this book was a catalyst for us to do a big, huge change in our lives. So cool. That's awesome. And and what a great testament to what this can do. And, you know, if people are interested, check out online um, even, you know, we mentioned Rachel Cruz, who is Dave Ramsey's daughter. If you check her out on Instagram, it's interesting because she'll share things. Um, people will, you know, write it on a board or something of what debt they paid off in what amount of time, yeah. like when they hit that debt free. And uh, it is, it's pretty powerful. And I think there's a cool sense of seeing community that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people out there kind of maybe, um, showing the things they have, um, and maybe like a more extravagant lifestyle, but I think it's so beautiful and powerful to see people that are working really hard to tackle debt. And Mm -hmm. I think it's incredible. It's very cool. Yeah. There's something very freeing about not having to worry about it anymore. You got it. You got it. I totally agree. Do you have another big takeaway or did you just sort of explain it in what you were saying? Um, no, I, well, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was just how simple the book is, like, and how, how simple, simple but not his... easy, right? Simple, but not easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so cool the way he lays out the plan. It's so um, practical. And you just follow these steps. And I think for me, that was the thing that I, I really resonated with in this book is I thought, wow, like, I love how he lays this out. And it's, it seems very doable, like, as you said, you know, challenging, but it's, it's so powerful to have a template. Um, And, you know, I I will be the first to admit that sometimes financial things make me feel a bit overwhelmed. Um, I was never strong in math. And so sometimes when, you know, we're looking at investments, I find myself getting a little sweaty. I don't really understand a lot of it. Um, but this, this book, what I found was very empowering. Um, Jeff and I have tackled all debt and we are now really working on, um, just getting after it with the investment. You know, we were, we were lucky when we were younger. Um, we tackled our student debt really early. Jeff had some, uh, (laughs) some decent student (laughs) debt from becoming an accountant. And, uh, so we tackled that, uh, when we lived at our old house and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling motivated in this book for me. I felt like, okay, wow, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little further along than I thought. This is great, you know, and, 
And I, I think that was the cool thing too, is seeing these steps, you can kind of gauge where you're at. Yeah. So that was, that was powerful for me. So overall, good book. I agree. Good book. Good book. We promised last week that this week we were going to do a check-in on our 19 for 2019 lists. So uh, I think what we'll do is just dig right into it. My first thing on my list was continue with our weekly podcast, The Improvement Project, through 2019. Well, that one's done. We've been super consistent through 44 weeks. So yay for us. Um, number two, get skincare help and then consistently take better care of my skin. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I've been going and getting microdermabrasion facials and I bought some new skincare cream. So I have been taking better care of my skin. So done. I'm off to a good start here. Uh, number three, digitize all photos and hard copies that are in albums, then organize them. This not even close. I haven't even looked at it. That's a a huge project. I'm, I'm going to have to get some help with that one. Um, I have a course that, um, I'm taking online. It's called the virtual business Academy that helps you sort of get your, um, online world organized. Uh, and I haven't finished that yet. Get our will done. Some of the stuff that Dave talked about reminded me that this needs to be done and still we haven't done it. I have all the paperwork to do it. We just haven't done it. So I got to get after that. Read one nonfiction and one fiction or fun book per month. And I'm mostly staying up to date on this one, mostly because of the podcast, because every Mm -hmm. month we have a book. Uh, treadmill desk up and running, which that's a (laughs) lovely pun and not yet. I need my contractor husband to help me with that one. Email inbox zero. This is number eight, get a better system and stick to it. I sort of did this. Like I, I got rid of thousands of emails that were in my inbox, which I know you found terrible. Um, but I still don't have a good system. I'm working on that. Monitor spending and saving more closely with a budget app. And the answer to that one is yes. Thanks to this month's challenge. Photo wall of fame in the front hall and hallway. I haven't done this one yet either. Number 11 is organizes spices and my spice drawer. So Jenny, I know that you want to help me with this one. So we have to get on this and set a date. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier if you could just be my neighbor or something so that it's quick to pop over to your place. (laughs) So far, we can't do that. So you're going to have to make the 30 minute drive, 36 minute drive. Um, All right. Number 12 plans for renovation to our house in 2020. Um, and we have done the plans, so we're still working on the plans for all of the details, but we've got the engineer architect plans done and complete. That's cool. Number 13, complete a handstand course, uh, move closer to my goal of a press handstand. Uh, we haven't done any more gymnastics since December when John and I were going regularly. So I haven't done that. Uh, number 14, uh, an opt-in for my website, which is, um, potentially going to be a free online course about habits. I'm still working on it. Uh, and then I also want to launch an online paid course, potentially about habits. Haven't done that either. Woo woo. Number 16, learn to speak Spanish. Use the app Duolingo daily. Be able to have a simple conversation by November of 2019 when likely we will head back to Mexico for a vacation. And I want to be able to talk to some people in Spanish. So I have, I'm on a 57 day streak on Duolingo. Nice. Um, so I'm getting there. I'm learning Spanish words. CCC. All right. <laughs> Number 17, get a bender handle on Instagram and post daily. I'm not there yet. I'm still posting sporadically, but I'm not there yet. Number 18, outer order equals inner calm. As we know, that's from our online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin's book. Uh, I want in my house, all drawers, cupboards, closets, and dressers need to be men's gamed. So we did a ton of that um, last month when we played the men's game, but um, I still have work to do. And number 19, 
monthly, I want to hang out with one of our eight nieces and nephews uh, one-on-one to increase connection with our little people. So we have started doing this. Our 12-year-old nephew, uh, Declan, it was his birthday last week. We're taking him out for dinner this week. Oh, that's nice. So um, so we have been spending more time with them, which is cool. Very cool. How, how's you. your 19 for 19 going? Well, I just did a little review because I, I got to admit, I hadn't looked at it for a little bit. So there, I would say about half of the list going well, half I need to work on. Some are things that are, I am progressing through, like it's something that I want to do, say at least once a month. So I'm tracking with those. Um, so things that are going really well are being more on top of my money, Yay. monitoring my investments, better budgeting. So we're doing that. Uh, invest in something to improve the house. So fireplace and patio. Fireplace is 75% of the way done and the patio is scheduled for June. Awesome. Do the men's game for one month. Check, check. We did that. Daily exercise. So 20 minutes of walking or doing weights. I'm on track with that one. Um, doing that daily still. Plan a family summer holiday. We actually did this and got this booked for July. Uh, We're taking my mom away for a couple nights. So that'll be fun. And I'm hoping that my brother um, and my sister-in-law and their little guy join us as well. Uh, We're doing one dinner out with Jeff per month. We would like to get this to twice a month. But right now our goal is once a month and we're doing well with that. Visit with my grandpa once a month. He's in a nursing home and he has dementia. Uh, So it can be very challenging to uh, see him. He doesn't know me, but I still want to make sure that I'm spending time with him regularly and that's going well. Uh, And as well, my grandmother spending time with her and talking to her or seeing her at least once a week. That's been going well. Super easy. Saw her two days ago. Um, She's hilarious. She's 94. Her name's Mabel. We're having a great time. Uh, go skiing. We did that on, on uh, Valentine's. And then we went again and took um, Ethan and some friends. So that was great. Uh, so I doubled that one. Replace winter gear. Did this. Got a new coat, boots, plants. Got more house plants for the war just to spice things up in our home and add some greenery. And stand up paddle boards. We got those taken care of. And that is in reinforcement of this year's theme for me, which is recreation. So that is going to get us toward getting outdoors and having fun as a family. We even uh, last night picked up our life jackets. So that's another step in that direction. Awesome. And then the things I need to work on are I had as kind of an overarching thing to focus on video. So this is, I mean this at work. I mean this at home for you and I. Um, Focus more on video. Video is something that is so pervasive right now. And it's so, um, I find even as someone who consumes media, it's so enjoyable. I'm loving watching videos on YouTube. I do this when I'm on the treadmill and I think, I think you and I could do some things on video. I know for work, there's a lot that I could do with video. So I want to focus on that. Um, Other skills are more about Google Analytics. I want to focus on Photoshop and Illustrator, Adobe products. I want to get a bigger dining table, figure out some sort of improvement there. I want to do more stretching. And of course, this 
uh, <laughs> back walk over handspring, whatever it is on trampoline. Got to get on that. We are setting up our trampoline this weekend. So oh, awesome. And then we got to set up our, um, our date with coach Merritt to do some training yes, for do. you. Okay. Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. And, um, I had said, go on two short getaways with Jeff. We have not got that planned. And I also said, take a dance class with Jeff. And it could be something like anything like that, where we kind of do something that we're learning together. Um, but I put down dance class cause I thought that that would be fun. So those are the things. So I have one, two, three, four, I have eight that I need to, uh, get after. I think based on, uh, how mine are not that well done and yours are more than half done. It checks out with our upholder versus, uh, obliger tendencies. And also that you really are my more disciplined friend. So well but did done. you pick things that you really think, like I pick things that I legit, like maybe my list was easier. Maybe this I pick thing, lower hanging fruit. This is exactly the conversation that Liz and Gretchen had last year. Yes. True. <laughs> True, true. Well, also, it is only April. I am a little bit of a sprinter, not a marathoner. So I'm going to get all mine done in December. Right. Well, and okay. Have you noticed on Mint, if you go on on your phone and you look at the budgets, it'll show you where you are for that month's budget. And then it gives you a little line of like where you're at in the month versus where you're at in the money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Oh, okay. You know, kind of like how are you tracking relative to where you're at? It's like a good little check-in. So yeah. this is a, like a third of the way through the year, essentially, right? So yeah. we should check in again sometime in the summer to see how we're doing, to see if we've got a few more things checked off the list. Totes my goats. All right. And we definitely want to hear from you, our listeners. How are you doing with your 19 for 2019? How far through the list have you gotten? What do you still have to work on? Jump into the Facebook group and let us know. You can always find some accountability there. Or send us an email at the Improvement Project at drpeggymalone.com. Also, yeah. you can find us on the socials all the time. Yeah. And I know some of you are doing this because I've heard uh, some people have mentioned it to me. So please reach out. And if you think, ah, no, I've already talked to her about it. No, really, please reach out. We want to hear about it. Do it. So let's talk about next week. Next week is a new month and it's time for a new challenge. We saw such great results uh, when we focused on gratitude back in February. And we want to dig back into another topic that will challenge us to be more intentional about our thoughts and our words. We're going to do our best for 30 days to not complain. Amazing. I'm, uh, so, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be an awareness piece to notice when you actually are being negative or are yes. complaining. So hopefully you'll join us listeners on this one. It's going to be good. It is going to be good. All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear if you read this month's book and what you thought. We also want to hear how you're doing with your 19 for 2019 list. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you like the show, and we hope you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love it so much if you would rate us and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help more people to find the show. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it.
there's this show called Octonauts. Is it a little kid's show? Yeah. And they go, they do this thing called Creature Report. And they go, Creature Report, Creature Report, Creature Report. And they do a report on a creature from the ocean. And that's what that made me think of. Like, book report. report. Book, book report. report. Book report. Book report. <laughs> 